Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you, depending on when you are watching or listening uh, to this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. As usual, we're probing all things mind-related, and this week's guest is a gentleman I had the uh, privilege to meet uh, 2000 and good god when does time go 2017 i think he was at the royal event that i was doing down in birmingham he's actually under the uh title the mindset mentor he's the founder of a company called atomic growth which can be found at atomicgrowth.co.uk that link will be below here along with any other links that he sends me that i will put underneath so you can contact him through his various channels and find out more as it were He's got a background in the military, uh, which I'm sure has got some bearing to all this, as we'll find out over the next hour. Uh, but now, as I say, he is known as the Mindset Mentor. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Richards. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Really, really appreciate you uh, inviting me on. Hey, thanks for uh, agreeing to come on. Now, for those that haven't come across you in the past, or those that have but don't know too much of the backstory, as it were, Tell us a bit about your life story. What what led you to being where you are now? Because there's a time when you weren't the mindset mentor. There's a time when you were in the military, but there was a time before that as well when you were a kid, like all of us. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Okay, well, so as you say, I'm a mindset mentor. I, I'm not so um, um, in my own head that I would say I'm the mindset mentor, but I'm certainly a mindset mentor. Uh, specialising with uh, six-figure entrepreneurs mostly. Um, my backstory, oh gosh, where to begin? I'll try and make it brief. Um, I grew up with a lot of, uh, I'll go right to the heart of it, why not? I grew up with um, quite a bit of developmental trauma, which I'd only find out many, many, many years later. Um, you know, traumatic minds make traumatic choices. Uh, I joined the army at age 16, um, where I did 50, about 15 years, I think, um, but I did quite well. Uh, I started out in the artillery because, you know, I was 16 and they said I could use heavy explosives. Um, not a great deal of thought went into that one. Uh, but after a few years, I matured and decided that actually military police was for me. Uh, did investigations, IT, project management within the RMP. Uh, Royal Military Police. Um, it kind of culminated with a uh, with my career in uh, criminal intelligence, where I specialised in communications data and uh, behavioural analytics. So how people behave online, how they uh, interact, trying to double guess what someone's going to do before they do it, kind of thing. Lots of sneaky beaky fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, left that. Um, went into project management because I'd never heard of personal development in my life uh, at that point. Uh, you know, we'd, we call it continual development, but not personal development. Um, so I went into project management. I think it was around about 2015, 2016, I got my first glimpse when I went to a Tony Robbins event, started reading, started doing courses. Um, went to a lot of different programs and events, one of which was a fantastic Birmingham uh, hypnosis event. I can't remember the guy who ran it myself, but it was really good. It was fantastic. It was, it was really uh, educational. 
Um, and I've been kind of adding strings to the bow ever since. So um, hypnosis, uh, hypnotherapy, CBT, uh, lots of various therapies, um, somatic, uh, that's of the body, if anyone doesn't know what somatic is, uh, body, nervous system type healing, um, general coaching, leadership coaching. So really just keep adding and adding and adding so I can have the most um, broad and deep uh, tool set to help those who come to me asking for it. How much do you draw on, well, skills that were already there, the, the military time stuff, especially with relation to the behavioural, uh, psychological nudging, <laughs> as I would call it, and profiling and that kind of stuff, because that is pretty relevant uh, elements of it, definitely, to manipulating with positive intent people to achieve things. That's it. Manipulation with a positive intent. That's basically influence. Um, absolutely. Um, I have a saying that you, you do what you are as opposed to you are what you do. Um, one of my, the key thing I believe is it's who I am. The, uh, the traits of my own self that, you know, loves the puzzle, loves to understand how things work loves to see the individual parts and what makes them work and then take a step back and see how it all comes together was really the key shared uh, point that linked the IT work I did, the project management work I did, the criminal intelligence work I did, and now uh, the behavioral helping people uh, work I'm doing. Um, I think that's the, the key thing, but more than that as well is the experiences that they've all given me um being able to work in corporate leadership oh i forgot that one uh <laughs> a bit of corporate leadership um every job i did everything i did uh gave me what uh, my mentor calls the unfair advantage because they all added something to who i am um and i believe that how we show up and what we're doing is often a reflection of who we are rather than what we know. Okay. So as for criminal, I wasn't a criminal behavioral profiler because that's a separate job all to itself. All right. Uh, I was I was more doing um, some kind of basic analytics for um, people's online uh, how they were showing up online, not how they showed up online, sorry, how they how they presented themselves online, who they were connecting with, um, you know, things of that nature, looking at mobile phone data and, and spotting the patterns. As I say, I'm a, I'm a patterns guy. I'm going to find out how it works, you know, mad scientist. want to know how it works, including the brain. Like, when I started learning about the brain, I became obsessed. I was like, if there is anything I can become truly obsessed about is how the mind works um because it's so fascinating every little piece has its own job and it all clicks together in this perfect way um even when it's broken through serious head trauma it finds a way to realign itself it's absolutely fascinating subject um so yeah that's yeah, just my curiosity and, and and fascination uh together with my looking at 
patterns and, and how things fit together. Given the recent climate, and by that I'll clarify to people, we're, we're recording this on the 18th of January 2021, if, you, if you're listening to this down the line. So mm-hmm. we're into the uh, second United Kingdom lockdown and lots of other places in the world going crazy with the pandemic and stuff. So, I mean, given your background and then the further skills you've built upon since leaving the military and the position you're now in with an insight into people and psychology and all that, um, did it not cross your mind to, you know, in recent times go back to the military, even if you could get in freelance, especially <laughs> with the likes of the 77th Brigade and the PSYOPs there running? Um, no. No, I've... I've... <sighs> I think I went as far as, 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 as should I say, I became the person I needed to become. Um, you know, you've, you've obviously, you may have heard this as well, you know, you, you meet certain people for, what is it, a reason, a season or a lifetime and things like that, uh, they're in your life for. Uh, I see the same for experiences and, and uh, certainly careers. So uh, I, I got what I needed from it. I got the confidence, I got the broad range of skills, I got the connections and friendships, um, uh, and I grew as and matured as a person. So when I go back, no. The, the only thing I truly miss is, is honestly range days and shooting weapons and stuff, because that is genuinely fun. Um, but apart from that, it's, uh, yeah, I'm a family man now. I've got, I've got two beautiful girls, I've got my wife at home, and I'd prefer not to have someone have the power to say you're going away for six months. Uh, oh, and by the way, you may not come back. Um, so no, I, I'm 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 quite happy with how things are right now. Okay, cool. Let's uh, just because I know you know that. Well, all right. In which case, I'll reframe the question because you won't get involved. But what do you make of the fact that? I mean, the fact that they've let the public know through the mainstream media in itself is a flipping psychological ploy, I would argue, because why Why bother telling them that the 77th Brigade are working online to, um, you know, distract people's attention from what they claim to be misinformation and putting other stuff out and this, that, the other. Just to, Why not just keep quiet and do it without telling people? I don't. Honestly, honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, I I don't even. I, I'll be honest. I don't know what you mean by the 77 brigade. And that's not me. I, oh, it's a, it's secret. I don't want to talk about it. I I genuinely don't know. Uh, what what is that 77 brigade thing? It's some uh, regiment of the uh, army. But just tap it in Google. It comes up that dealing specifically with psyops, psychological operations, and influence. Um, that, oh, okay, so so there is, um, this goes back many, many years. Uh, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but uh, military intelligence uh, specifically deal with PSYOPs. And what can happen is, as you say, they, they put out uh, propaganda missions. Uh, most of it, if I'm honest, is more like hearts and minds type stuff from, what I've, from everything I've seen. Uh, it's it's not so much the uh, the covert manipulation as much as it's um, the, the hearts and minds kind of influence, if you like. It's well intentioned. Uh, it's not cloak. And, it's not. The, I've never seen anything that's like cloak and dagger uh, or anything like that. So, uh, I think 
I think with everything, if there's if there's a kind of unknown, if there's a if there's a oh they're keeping a piece of this secret, it must be sinister type of mentality where where generally people feel they don't understand or they don't know about. Um, I can talk about what I do know about, which is communications data. Okay. There was a lot on online about a legislation around communications data, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, they can just take my stuff." And the way the media were reporting it, um, if you know, if if anyone can be, in my opinion, if anyone can be accused of uh, manipulation and and uh, false in- intent and uh, false information, God, I I personally look to the mainstream news, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the communications data just give you a background. I'm not giving away anything confidential or secret or anything like that by saying this because it's all public knowledge. There are certain types of information that police uh, agencies can request. Um, in order to request them, they must be signed off by, uh, I think for civilians, it's uh, a civilian police, it's an inspector or a chief inspector or somewhere of that level. Um, for the army, it was a captain or a colonel. Uh, so you had to get signed off and not just that but we were inspected like we were a small unit so we got inspected twice a year but other other larger units like the metro uh, metropolitan police like their their, um, communications data team are inspected like three or four times a year just to make sure they're keeping exactly to the legislation only getting as much as they absolutely need, never a minute more. If I were to get um, uh, phone data from you, uh, let's say, let's say you were the subject of an investigation, and I would have to prove, I'd have to show evidence already before I ask for that. Uh, you know, if that's the only evidence that's available, then I probably won't get it. I need evidence to suggest you are doing criminal activity with that device in that time frame and i won't get a day more than what i can prove as um a suspected uh, criminal intention mm. like it's really strict it's way more strict than the media try to make out uh, i think same goes for psyops type stuff um, well the I, media I, I trying to distract from the fact i mean the truth is the media yeah. trying to distract from the self and in my experience and again this isn't conjecture the, there's been court cases galore to back this up um, the, the Met Police have probably on numerous occasions turned turned a blind eye in the past to the illegal activities of Murdoch's fake Sheikh Mazza Mahmood and other journalists because they knew once the story was obtained and published through channels that they themselves weren't allowed to do, but once it had become public then they could move in and make the arrests. Um, So, yeah, blind eye turning sadly does go on. Oh, it does. Um, The the only real kind of um, partnership with media, I guess, that I'm aware of is around the time, I mean, it was all the way back when Bosnia and Kosovo uh, were the main stories uh, that you know they're far from being uh, completely you know perfect right now. But uh, when they were the main stories, when the media was looking at Bosnia, uh, the military was doing as much as it could in Kosovo, and and vice versa. Uh-huh. So it was. I don't know if they were, they were partnering and, and using it, but they were they were certainly uh, mindful of where the public eye was looking. 
Um, but that's true of anything. Uh, it, it's, it's that's just strategy for for the most part. Be, um, I mean, right now there are there are situations happening all over the world that unless you go looking for them, uh, big serious situations. You know, people uh, countries going into poverty, um, serious employment going around the world. You know, there's, there are serious things that are happening around the world right now. But because you know, COVID vaccine happens to be the big buzzword. Or, or or whatever, right? it doesn't really matter. As long as they have a buzzword, as long as they have a buzz something to get the public rattled up. Um, most recently, it was the Capitol, uh, the the US uh, Trump movement yeah. um, uh, invading the Capitol. That was the big thing. This is why I don't watch mainstream news, because you can't tell me that that um, was bigger and more important and more relevant to the global economic and global uh, societal situation than what's going on in, in many countries around the world. Uh, the economic, I mean, just economically, um, what's happening in the financial districts, uh, businesses are going bust because of the lockdowns, families are going without food, food banks are, are running empty. You know, these to me would be the bigger stories and, and the more important human stories to really show that there are real human lives being affected. But that's what gets on page one. And, and that's just that's just the way uh, that's just the way it goes, which is why I, I always seek out my own news um, sources, my own new, and what I'm actually interested in to find out rather than just follow whatever I'm served uh, on the six or 10 o'clock news. Which itself is great advice. And um, but because the news uh, propaganda, call it what you will, if it's all negative, that does ultimately have an effect on people, and they know that. And you must, that must make it more difficult. I mean, part of what you do must involve getting people to clear out the negative clutter and messages and put good yeah. stuff in. I yeah, mean, I mean, what people don't realize is that um, the way your mind works, there's 50%, roughly 50% of your personality is uh, kind of attuned in the moment to whatever environment you're in. Um, uh, this is why people say, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Uh, and that's true. That's got a lot of backing. But this goes even deeper than that. If you're, if, if the constant stream of information is uh, unintentional, that's, you know, you're sat in front of the TV and they are feeding you the information, um, especially if you're not consciously listening to what it is they're saying and you're just allowing the information to flood in. That makes a massive difference. Uh, I, I guess it's not surprising that the people I work with, the six-figure uh, entrepreneurs, very few of them watch mainstream news. Uh, I don't know many who do. Uh, most people that I know making a lot of money are not watching mainstream news. Um, conversely, I'd actually be interested in <laughs> a study uh, of wealth. Um, uh, what's, what's it called? Wealth, like the spread of wealth over. Uh, I, I can't think of the word, but distribution, wealth distribution, versus you know what people, where people are sending their energy, and how many of those people are watching the news, and how many are not, how many are spending their time reading, how many are not, etc. Right, so. Yeah, most most of my clients and and uh, friends as well, 
they don't tend to watch mainstream news so that level of negativity thankfully i don't need to teach them not to take mm -hmm. but yeah i mean g generally the the online content that i create as well um a lot of it is about you know owning your mind intentionally living your life uh, and and intentionally it's a big word intentionally owning you know who it is that uh, that you are uh, owning the processes and rituals you're doing every single day, owning the you know what you add to the words "I am" or "I'm not," you know, not allowing some subconscious um, conditioning to fill the the, the void there, um, where you get to choose who you are. So I mean, <clears throat> your site says mindset mentor, um, you know, coaching mm -hmm. six-figure entrepreneurs. Just to clarify for viewers and listeners, does that mean that you will help coach people to become six-figure entrepreneurs or you will only deal with people who are already <laughs> six-figure entrepreneurs? Generally speaking, it's the second group. Uh, generally okay. speaking, they're already earning over 10000 per month. Um, that being said, I have got some clients, um, if they pass the attitude test, and it won't impact them negative too too negatively financially um uh, you know i think a few of them are somewhere between five to fifteen and they fluctuate a thousand dollars a month that's generally where i where i give my one-to-one -one time however i am currently about to uh running a free program okay uh for 160 people um, for four weeks, so, yeah, it's a so it's only it's a very very good program in my opinion, and people are already from just the primal week uh, having these massive shifts. Uh, it's I'm going to make it evergreen and available to anybody who wants it very very soon. Cool. Once it's complete, I'm going to put it out for everybody because uh, I because I believe that this kind of information information doesn't create transformation, implementation does, and so. The idea of this program is to give people a small amount of information um, with tasks geared towards a maximum amount of implementation. Uh -huh. um, so small, small amount of them to add to their mind plate uh, and more of them to actually do and get on with. Um, after that, I am looking to also create a group program uh, that's that's in the pipeline. So that'll be the kind of potentially letting people in who are not six figures and okay. uh, you know uh, and giving them the opportunity those who can't afford to work with me one-to-one -one, they still have the opportunity to get uh, to gain the knowledge and experience that i have to offer is there do you think because i suppose to some degree this is can't fully be from well can be from experience but at some point you went no you know what i'm going to just concentrate on people who are already six-figure entrepreneurs um so that's what you've done most of do you think there's like shall we say steps on a ladder in the sense of it's easier to deal with the people who've already got to six figures than starting out getting them to that helping motivate them to get to that point because that's the major achievement point Right. Perfect answer to every question. It depends. Um, <laughs> it depends for me mostly. Like I say, you do what you are. Um, I, 
whenever I'm I'm working with someone, if it's uh, clarity and direction, which is one of the first things I used to coach people on, um, I still do occasionally because uh, people get to the six figures or get to you know five hundred thousand, a, a million, whatever, um, and they start to question like, is this really what I want? And they need direction at that point and and help in there. Where I would always start is what's the most truest version of you um, and, and who do you want to spend all your time with? For me personally, the people going from naught to five or naught to ten, and the higher it is, the better to me, but not because of the amount of money they have, but because the mindset tends to change. Okay. Uh, people, when they're first starting out, they tend to be very uh, tactically driven. They want every, they want the hacks. They want the 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 one trick funnel that will make them rich beyond their wildest dreams without any real work. Uh, and I'm speaking generally, of course. Um, but they're looking for tips and tricks. They're what many of them, the ones who excel further, the ones who realise that tips and tricks do not do the job, and it's about the daily focus, daily uh, consistent focus in one area. Uh, and very often that becomes boring for many people. And it's actually their um, their resilience when things become boring. Because entrepreneurs, we're, we're great in chaos. We're great in, generally speaking, we're fantastic when, you know, there's fires to do because we focus in that, in that way, many of us. But when it gets boring, we lose interest. Um, and we tend to, and entrepreneurs that I've seen tend to get bored very, very quickly. Uh, they either get overwhelmed very quickly or they get bored very quickly. That tends to be the split. Um, but successful businesses that I've I've seen and I've helped people and, and I've been helped by people who have them, most of them are based on repetition rather than, uh, than, than reinvention. Um, so it really is that kind of mindset. It's what kind of mindset of the other person do you want to work with uh it, it was for me uh, and i just enjoy working with the kinds of mindsets that happen to be at around 10k that's what i mean i'll take people between 5 and 15 i'm quite happy to if they pass the mindset the attitude test uh and that is are they open to coaching uh it you know are they potentially driven by their ego but not consumed by their ego um are they, are they open to new ideas or are they locked down to this is the way I've always done it? So can you, can you give me tips and tricks to, to help me do it the way I've always done it? Well, no, because that's not real growth. That's, that's you know, uh, as a good friend of mine uh, describes it, it's polishing a turd. You know, it's still going to be rubbish, but uh, it's yeah. just going to look nicer. Um for myself, the work I'm doing, it's all about that deep level impact, that deep level change that people want to make. Um, I, I'm not someone who likes to make these small, tiny, incremental steady up, uh, which is why I tend to work and I tend to attract people who want that big shift right now, enough's enough, you know, send me up, uh, that kind of thing. But like I said, you need to have the mindset for that. You need to have a really strong level of commitment uh, to do that because the faster the growth, the faster the shock to the ego. So you need to be really kind of 
committed to see it through. Cool. Um, that's what about this then? Let me throw this at you. And, hey, it's cool, to, it's cool to disagree. It's fine. I'm saying that in advance because mm. uh, I've got a feeling you'll have a slightly different viewpoint <laughs> on this. I am... Um, I'm not saying this applies to everyone. I'm just well. saying I believe it applies to a large percentage of people yep. in the context of what you've just been saying. That deep down... Um, and, and it might be an unconscious, subconscious thing that they just know it. They, or in some cases, they can consciously be aware of it, that they are ready to stop pissing around and stop doing what it is that stopped them moving forward or start doing what they know they need to do yeah. to move forward. But, so they already know what it is they need to stop doing or they know what they need to start doing. They already know. But if they were to suddenly start doing what they need to, or stop doing that which they know no use anymore, they'd have to accept to themselves, consciously, mm -hmm. the fact that, you know what, they've only themselves to blame. They could have fucking done this sooner. Now, there is an element of that going to happen anyway, Involving a coach, a therapist, or whatever title they're working under, uh, an element of realisation that, oh, I could have done it sooner. But at least it can be in the context of, I wish I'd sought out a coach sooner. So it's kind of diverting any self-blame, shame, guilt and regret from themselves for not having got off their arse and done what deep down they know they could have done themselves sooner if they had done. Um mm. But obviously, their ego and own sense of self can well, that's the get away. That's the thing, though. They, um, one of the first things you say, one of the first things that um, before would be the negativity. It's not. Um, one of the first things that I tend to focus on is shame. Um, this narrative of I could have done it sooner. I should be further than than where I am right now. Um, the first thing I really help people with is gaining acceptance over where they are right now and acceptance over the knowledge. Um, and this is what my opinion is, if they seem to like it, is actually, no, you couldn't. Um, because if you could have, you would have. But as you say, there was some subconscious thing. There was some, just because the physical capability and the knowledge was there doesn't mean that that you had what was needed in order to make that thing happen. Um, you know, arguably, you know, if that were true, then you wouldn't get people saying, I know what I should do, but I'm not doing it. You wouldn't get that because as soon as the person knows how to do it, then they do it and there's no resistance. But as you say, if there's a conflict between their, ident their personal identity if there's a conflict in their uh, beliefs and values, if there is a fear attached to it, a fear of failure, a fear of success, fear of letting people down, fear of not measuring up, fear of uh, betrayal or abandonment of parents, uh, family, um, so many, there's an infinite list of these fears that can come up. And so really the first step I, I'd, I'd advise most people is just, I, in order to reach out for help, it actually takes humility. 
to uh, and and I know that's kind of that's pretty much what you're uh, describing, but the main the two core things is really humility and courage, um, and it's that humility to say, you know what, <laughs> I did try doing this on my own, and I either I'm either not progressing as fast as I want to, um, so there's a resistance there that I'm not fully able to overcome, and yes, many people manage to do this. This is the other reason. Um, why I aim at, at 10 figures and above is because the stakes and the consequences are higher. Mm-hmm. Now, because yeah. of that, or because of that, you know, they've got a team to pay. They've got, they've got um, higher levels of taxes that they need to keep up with. They've got higher income and outlays. They've got all these different things that are going on. And so now the, what tends to get people from zero to 10 doesn't get them from 10 to 25 or to 50 or to a hundred. Um, and the big block there is because from zero to 10, you can kind of force yourself to do it. Most people can 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 motivate and get that high five energy to really push, 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 and push themselves to get to that point. Um, and then they get to 10K a month and they're miserable and they're tired and they're exhausted. And they they, they, they tend to only feel either busy, exa- busy or exhausted tend to be the, the two feelings that they have all the time, just anxious and overwhelmed. And then they start questioning us, like, well, do I really want to be even higher? And the answer is no. If you're going to use the same tactics, you definitely don't. Because as you get higher and higher and higher, what is hard at, let's say, level two, level two stress, level two overwhelm, we'll call it. You know, when you start getting into 10K a month, that level two is going to go to level five. When you go to higher than that, it's going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing because at every level of success or income, I'm talking generally, uh, income success you gain, your ego, your fears, your your who you are as a person, that's all being tested and that's all being, and this resistance is gonna increase higher and higher and higher. Um, what tends to happen is they'll reach a point, it happens for everyone, they'll reach a point that they do not go any further. Um, no matter what they do, they just can't break through it. No matter what they do, they keep repeating old habits. And that's when the frustration starts kicking in. You know, no matter what I try, it's not working. I've tried every therapy. I've tried every healer. I've tried every blooming thing. It's not working. Um, I'm, I'm even I'm even humble and courageous enough to ask for help. But no one's able to help me. There's a reason for that as well, uh, in my opinion, is that they're going to people who are specialist in one thing rather than someone who has a broad knowledge in uh, broad and deep knowledge in separate things so you know, they'll go to a, a scheduling person uh, and they'll, they'll learn how to organize themselves and they'll think well i know what to do if i can only get a grip of my time then i'll be successful then i'll be able to do it and that makes some improvement um then they go to a, a, a personal coach, which like, if I can only change who I am, maybe get over self-esteem, get over fears and whatever, then I'll be successful. Um, and that makes some improvement again. Uh, then they get into kind of somatic, if they're smart, they get into somatic or subconscious type work, uh, nervous system uh, work, polyvagal theory, you know, uh, the vagus nerve, uh, that kind of work. And that will really help them. But the issue is that the mind doesn't like changing. And so if you only change one thing at a time, the other neuro associations, 
tend to change it back to what it was because of these they're all connected to each other right so if you don't change the, the the different pieces at the same time or around about the same time then as soon as you change one this is why people tend to uh, change a habit and then two weeks later they're doing the same thing they've always done mm. or some people can last a month plus but then they tend to go back they tend to relapse every single time they go back to the way they used to behave um it's like oh i was okay while i was being coached but as soon as it stopped i, I lost my grip i lost my i lost what it was i was getting and this is why because uh, in my opinion because they're working on one element and not the others they're not doing a holistic approach which brings together the energetics the 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 nervous system the the, the what so that's like the, the bottom up type approach simultaneously with the top-down psychodynamic um, psychoanalytic kind of methods because as we know that you know knowing is not the answer you know if it was then it'd be life would be a lot simpler um, and, and people get stuck oh, and I get where you're coming from and that was self-explanatory but it reminded me that um, people get stuck in another way sometimes into thinking they want more and more or they should go for more and more and growing a company for example i mean i've seen companies that you know they're maybe turning over let's just say randomly a million they've got a million turnover sure okay um but obviously that's turnover Mm-hmm. Profits a different matter, but they've got a substantial profit. Let's yeah, it's, 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 profit. A, it's, it's a six-figure income, seven-figure outgoing. Well, yeah, because some companies then grow, but in actual fact, their profit level, the sanity part, doesn't particularly grow much. So they've got suddenly gone from a million turnover to ten million turnover, but they've only gone from say quarter of a million clear bottom line in your back pocket profits to half a million. The ratio of expansion and the stress involved and all this, that, the other is way imbalanced. And I see that happen a lot. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, Now now we're venturing into kind of business strategy, which is not my uh, expertise. However, there there are lots and lots of mindset um, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm asking. That, um, yeah, the the you're absolutely right. There are some companies that would do better staying around six figures um, because when they scale, they don't. When you scale, you scale your problems as well. So if you haven't got uh, systems in place, if you're not, uh, if you've made yourself the single point of failure for income generation, um, and you are like the the individual, especially the coaching industry as well. Uh, or, or any kind of expert-led industry, uh, expert-led business. I, I see a lot of people making themselves the single point of lead generation. Um, and there's a reason for this, uh, subconsciously at least. When the business income expands beyond what they are personally comfortable with, uh, even if they don't realize this consciously or not, many a times they'll stop making offers. They'll just stop and they'll come back to that. I don't know why, but I can't bring myself to make offers. I'm, I'm like feeling dread when I come to make an offer, but I was doing great last month. In fact, it was our best month ever. And they don't connect the dots. 
I'm like, yeah, it's because it was your best month ever. Why you're not making offers today? Because that success, there's probably some kind of story, um, as an example, of course, doesn't have to be this. But if there's a story that says, um, I did, I did it that time, and so now I must do it, an ego type story. Now, now I know I'm capable of it. Anything less than that is a failure, and failure is unacceptable because um, it'll prove blah blah blah. You know all these different weird and wonderful things that people can create. Then what they'll do is they they will fail on purpose. They will because as, as long as the failure is created by you, well then there's this weird logic that happens in the mind that where people create the thing they fear. What if my business, what if no one buys my stuff and uh, my business goes broke? Well, I'll be really careful with my offers and I'm going to take all the time in the world to create these perfect offers. I'm going to research everyone. I'm not going to, I'm not going to actually going to give it to anybody. Uh, at which point, obviously, if no one's been offered, no one's going to buy it. And then the business goes broke, you know, or they're, they're, they're about. Yeah. As you said, some businesses are technically broke earning 300,000 a year um, or 500,000 a year or a million a year. They're actually technically broke because they're just making even and, and they're having to go into their overdraft to it's make an interesting off. side point. The hypnosis, life coaching industry and stuff, I'm not going to mention names. I'm just going to say if people are not aware. Um, and, yes, I'm sure there'll be some people out there who, what I'm about to say, they'll go and tap in Jonathan Royal and Alex Smith, Rochdale, and do exactly what I'm going to say on me. And when you do, you'll you'll discover that I dissolved all my limited companies. Ooh, I'll tell you that in advance. But there is now, free of charge, beta.company's house, if you put it into Google, beta.company's house, you can free of charge access all the public records. You don't have to go through one of these companies and you don't have to pay companies yep. else anymore. Completely free. You can look at limited company accounts and what they are, well, based on what they're declaring to the inland revenue, so we assume they're not committing fraud, assuming they're telling the truth, yeah. what they are making. You just got to be careful with that because some people have got very good accountants. Yeah, there is an element of that. However... I can tell you now, doing that with certain famous names, television hypnotists and life coaches, mm. you will be stunned to see how little actual bottom line profit they make. And you could go, well, they've got great accountants. Well, yeah, part of it is. But I can also tell you that when uh, your limited company owns uh, a property because it can be used as a filming location, say, for example, and is regularly used as such, and that you just apparently then personally as an individual rent a small part of that bigger property to live in, let's say, the, the tax liability situation, you have to get a proper account involved in it. But let's just say that things are not always the way they seem. Um, and beta.company's house is a great way of getting a bit of an idea. A bit more difficult, though, with certain people because... They have limited companies and then they have separate business entities that aren't registered as limited companies. And you've no real way of finding out what they're making. Yeah, the, 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 it, it's, it's, it's a funny one. I think as time goes on, I mean, first of all, 
I'm very much a stay in your lane type person. I'm I, I'm aware that there are lots of people, and and I used to get very kind of um, focused on it as well, where there's there so many people doing uh, shady deals. They are um, making false accusations, uh, false uh, or false um, promises. Um, the latest one a friend of mine posted online uh, is apparently this trend of literally stealing other people's testimonials, <laughs> copy and pasting them, and putting somebody else's testimonial on their website, which is totally fraudulent. Um, it's a yeah, criminal, well, yeah, it's criminal fraud. It, it is criminal fraud, but it, it's it's one of those things that people are going to get up to some shit. The, from what I've seen, the most successful, just like, yeah, fine, whatever, and just stick with your thing. Just focus it. Because again, that again, um, you talk about people who get stuck. There are lots of ways of being stuck. Stuck does not always feel like, oh, I'm stuck for ideas or I can't, uh, I'm not doing something I want to be doing. Stuck can also feel like constantly overwhelmed with a to-do list that never ends. Stuck can be constantly comparing yourself with other people. Uh, stuck can be um, worrying about what other people will think of you, you know. There are lots of variations of stuckness. Um, uh, like I say, a lot of people who are stuck actually don't resonate with the term being stuck at a certain level. Uh, although if you ask them that directly, they'd be like, oh yeah, I am. I'm not going past this point. Because they just never stop. Um, and they're constantly kind of doubting themselves, you know, am I a good enough mother while I'm being a business person? Am I a good enough father when I'm being a business person? Um, so, yeah, I mean, with all of that kind of stuff, honestly, I, I don't really give any time to it. I know that I know there are a lot of people that's between them and the the the, um, the, the, the investigating bodies. The one thing I'll say is that it's a small world. Uh, as you and I well know, it's it's a From small the other world. context, Lord, when you're dealing with clients, helping them, these are the kind of things that could be holding back your clients. So I guess in right. that circumstance, you do encounter it from the point of view of having to help your clients to not get or not remain stuck by these type of things. Uh, in, in what way? Sorry. Well, we've just been talking about things that can distract and um, get people stuck or preoccupied on away from things that could actually help them. And you said you won't, don't personally dwell on that kind of stuff. Fine, I get I that. Try, I try not to dwell on it. Some of your myself, clients who are perhaps stuck, elements of why they are stuck may be these kind of things, but in their industry, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like if if they're if they're spending all their time looking up other people and 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 uh, and, and getting really kind of uh, hepped up on on what someone's doing with their content, what kind of offers they're making, what their lead strategy is, you know, you know these public posts and going, oh, someone's in my DMs again. Right, we'll delete them. What do you want me to say? Like you're not gonna. But being that level of kind of, they should act the way. I want them to act is a form of uh, self-protection that the ego uses uh, to kind of trick us into thinking that everyone should behave like we do. It's like, so what? Maybe it works for them. Maybe them with the kind of people they like working with, 
that approach turns off people like you because you're not actually who they're after mm-hmm. but someone else um would would love that they're, they're like oh i love straight shooters oh i love people who don't because uh, i've seen both ways i've seen people who say oh i hate people who just direct message you and, and their first message they're like just let you know the reason why i'm actually contacting you is i've seen you online uh, i've been watching you for a while and uh I wondered if you'd be interested in looking at my uh, portfolio for my website design business, whatever. Um, some people love that. Uh, I actually quite like it if someone's open about, uh, and honest about it. I used to get a real bee in my bonnet about it, but I'm like, I'm like, yeah, cool. Uh, send me through the details. I'll, I'll have I'll have someone have a look at it. Um, yeah. The, then the, then there's the other one of the the fake friendship. Hi, how are you? Good to connect. You know, and then they're like they're like doing that sort of thing, and then and then there's others who genuinely just create relationships. The point is, I mean, this is just an example that different people are going to behave in different ways. Um, there'll be ones you resonate with. There'll be ones who you don't. The ones who you don't resonate with, don't give your time and attention to it because it's a it's an it's an energy leak. Uh, which is a large, large part of why I teach, uh, closing those energy leaks, closing the points where you're losing focus, you're losing energy. It's taking away from you instead of giving to you. Um, being very, very, very strict with with who gets that energy uh, and where it's going. Now, imagine, um, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm taking an educated guess that a large percentage or certainly a, a reasonably element of what you do um probably involves dealing with what people commonly will have heard of as imposter syndrome <laughs> yes um i personally don't use the term very often uh i used to but people don't tend to resonate directly with it okay so when i write content around imposter syndrome i will uh, it's a name for a group of thoughts and beliefs that people have uh, and and daily and practices. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. For anyone who doesn't know, or if anyone wants to double check if it's them, would be pretty much anything where you are double guessing. Um, what do they think of me? Uh, and and am I doing the right thing by them? Uh, am I am I enough? Am I am I showing up in the way that people want me to be showing up? Am I? Uh, you know, do I deserve to be listed with these other people who I highly respect and highly like, you know, pretty much any, any behavior that falls in line with that could be classed as imposter syndrome. I will add that sometimes imposter syndrome is valid. <laughs> uh, I've seen people, uh, there's been posts that are like, Oh, I'm thinking of changing my niche to be business strategy for entrepreneurs. Uh, can anyone advise me on any good books to read uh, so I can better do that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I'm like, well, I guess the first piece of advice would be, like, what's your area of expertise? Don't don't go into kind of an advisory, coaching, mentoring role if you don't actually know what you're talking about. Um, you know, don't try and chase the money because that's madness. Um, even if you do get people who are paying you, you are you are kind of being fraudulent. You are an imposter. Um, 
weirdly, the, the, the pattern that I seem to see a lot, not every time, but a lot, is the people with imposter syndrome are usually the ones who shouldn't have it. And the people without imposter syndrome are usually the ones that probably should have it. Yeah. Because um, the ones who, who have it, if you've got imposter syndrome, then chances are you're double guessing it because you're a good person because you want to make sure you give great results to your clients because you want to um, feel like you've earned the right to speak to them. You know, that's a show of respect and love. Like imposter syndrome, uh, I, I like to say that if you are one of the what three. You, what you've just described there, you see, that's not a negative thing. And yet to the not, individual with it in that situation, it can feel bad to them, can't it, Lord? Yeah, if, if people don't have, if people never get any self doubts, then chances are they have a massive ego problem. Because I don't know many people who don't get any doubts ever, never question what they're doing, never question um, if they're if if they're going to be able to succeed or if they're going to be able to help someone. You know, they never question it. I've never met. I haven't met many people who have that level of, of let's say, confidence or self-certainty is what it would be, um, without having some level of self-delusion uh, and, and a little bit too much ego. Uh, because, I mean, I get, I get it all the time. I get levels of imposter syndrome. Um, I like it. It keeps you honest. It keeps you asking the question, am I showing up the best way for this person? No, I like it. And the key is, the trick is to, to make sure that you are able to feel these things and have these and witness these thoughts and witness these emotions without having them stop you. It's okay to have them. People think because I have them, I'm broken. Because I have them, I'm wrong. I should fix this. You know, it's, it's not always something that, that should be fixed or, or needs to be fixed. Sometimes it's just something that needs to be integrated to say, yeah, you're right. If you continually step up with better and, and more amazing clients and you're not asking the question of like am i actually going to be able to i hope i like there's there needs to be a strong level of like i say you don't want it to be an actual imposter there's a strong level of evidence that you can support them but every client there's there's no way of knowing that you will definitely 1000 percent certainty be able to give that person everything uh that they want you, there's, there's no way of knowing because, you know, halfway through the program, they could suffer a death in the family, uh, going, to, going to an extreme. Uh, or, they, or they could reach a point in the, in the transformation where their ego or whatever it is comes up so much that they don't go any further, that they choose subconsciously and consciously not to go any further. You can't be certain that you're going to get someone to the outcome. And so one of the biggest things is to be able to uh, feel those fears but then detach from the outcome and say, well, let's see how it goes, kind of, kind of we'll see. Uh, people don't like to hear that. Uh, that's not a very strong sales pitch. It's like, yeah, buy my program and we'll see. Um, obviously, like I said, the majority of the program needs to have a good level of certainty, but having total certainty, I don't know anybody um, who is truly honest with themselves. Uh, and others who has total, total, total uh, certainty in, in what they're doing uh, and, and, in, and in, uh, in the results that they're providing. Uh, there's, there's always that, that 
one percent two percent five percent whatever it is it could be tiny but there's always that small amount the key is not to let that small amount stop you from making the offer completely okay. uh, and, and just going back on, i, I want to make sure we get this because it's so critical okay um, i call them the big three if you uh i say that if you are smart driven and kind you're pretty much screwed because the, <laughs> yeah um, I say tongue-in-cheek. Um, very, very smart people, very driven people that want a, a strong outcomes and wonderful ambitions and very kind people. Those three things, those three traits tend to bounce off each other the most, is what I've noticed. If, if you're only two of those, you actually don't have many problems. If you're uh, in getting what you want, I mean, if you are really smart, and really driven, but you don't actually give a shit about the other person, there's not much that you're going to feel. There's not much resistance you're going to have because, you know, you don't care about if, if you're if you're letting people down or disappointing people or not measuring up in their eyes. You don't care. So you're just putting out these offers, and we both know people in the industry like that. Um, if you're, let's see, see if we get these combinations right. If you're really smart and really kind but not overly driven, well, then you're probably not an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, but you can be very, very happy. You get happiness. You'll be very happy, very good, generally in uh, any old job uh, that, that suits you, that fulfills you, and you're all right. You're fine. So no problems there. Then. So if you're smart and driven, you're okay. If you're um, smart and, and, and kind, you're okay. If you're kind and driven but not overly smart you're actually all right <laughs> because because you can't because people who are very smart will be able will i say be able to they many times they don't have a choice it happens so fast their brain works so quickly that without even wanting to they have this terrible anxiety because they can see every negative thing that could possibly go wrong and if it can't help a client, you know, in the many ways that it can't help a client. And if that client wants to turn around and get refunds or, or you know, what they see everything that can go wrong. And so being um, lacking the intelligence as well can actually be uh, a real bonus, uh, which is funny because you then get people going, I'm much smarter than them. I'm much better at this than them. Why are they getting all the fame, the glory and the success? It's because they're consistently doing what they know they need to do. And they're yeah. not burdened by overthinking everything. Overthinking has, has stopped many, many, many entrepreneurs from, from leveling up to where they deserve to be and where they should be. Um, and there is a successful and, and, and um, strategic way of doing it without you becoming one of these uh, examples of, you know, the six-figure income, six-figure outcome uh, outgoings uh, people. You can do it successfully. Uh, as many, many people have. So let's see, have we got all the combinations? The smart and driven. It's easier if I write them down. <laughs> kind and kind and driven is fine. <sighs> ethically wrong, but smart, smart and driven would be eth ethically questionable. But uh, that person would be fine. If you're all three, then when you're so smart, you can see everything that potentially can go wrong while caring deeply about the other person, but also wanting to get there, wanting the success. So 
very often, if you're all three, uh, people who don't do the mindset work tend to find themselves hugely conflicted. Huge fears are coming down on them. Their, their mind is always overthinking. Their body's always in a state of confusion. Um, they, they, they don't feel like they're stopping. They've got no real balance or ballast uh, in their life to, to kind of settle them. Um, and as, I've, as we've said earlier, the higher the level of success, the more complicated and um, severe the symptoms of that tend to yeah. become for that person. Um, so, yeah, mindset's fairly important as you get more successful. Well, it certainly, of course, it certainly is. Now, because we're getting very close to the end, can we just take the hour? So, um, one, I forget who it is who said it. Um, no, can't remember. But it, I'm probably going to paraphrase it badly. But it, it was a, a saying along the lines of, do you know what I noticed? The more... Um, the key to me getting so successful was that um, the more successful I got related directly to the more action and effort I put in. And a lot yeah, of people the, fall into the, the crap of thinking... Take, the lucky I get. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think some of that. Yep. A lot Because a lot of people think, oh, get mindset coaching or whatever, become an entrepreneur, get successful and get to this point where I never have to do anything. And to a degree, you can get passive incomes on the go and all this, and it is possible. But it, 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 if the true essence of an entrepreneur, um, well, I know everyone's got different perceptions, but in my experience is that it, it's more a, more a way of life than a job. Yeah, it's more who they are. Um, true entrepreneurs love solving problems. In fact, I know of at least, I know of one that I, I look up to myself who was able to uh, completely retire, and he did. Uh, I think it was at age 23, 24. Uh, he then went into the worst depression he's ever felt. Because mm. um, that's the thing, when you stop doing your natural who you are, the level of fulfillment in life, you know, and this this is part of the risk involved, in, which which a lot of people do is they base their dreams and their desires on what other people have told them they should want. Oh, you get all the money and all the fame. Oh, great, but there's a lot of people who don't like it, um, who get that point and realise that that wasn't what they actually wanted. The vast you know? majority of people, in my experience, discover when it's too late, that fame is far from being crapped up no, to what it appears to be. Yeah, no more secrets. Eh? It's just, um, I posted in a group quite a while ago now. Uh, it got an interesting response. Um, my mentor who was leading the group uh, recognised it. It was like, yeah, spot on. Um, and it was something along the lines of... Uh, it's it's only when you achieve the levels of of money, success, and freedom that you realise that actually that wasn't it. And it can sound like a downer. Like there's nothing wrong. Like go for those things if that's what you want. Go for it. I absolutely uh, implore you to go after what you uh, love and want and 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 desire. But what many people I've seen really want is they want to feel connected. They don't want to feel like they will be discarded. They, 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 they're trying to gain the money 
and status and you know all these freedom mainly as a means of escape to stay away from something else which they deeply fear which is like I'm, I'm afraid to be unwanted i'm afraid to be um cast out i'm afraid to be seen as not good enough like someone would see me not seen as not good enough like someone truly sees who i am as a human being and they realize that actually i have no business being successful and happy there's a lot of especially trauma uh, i actually have a belief that many entrepreneurs come from trauma uh, almost all in fact from what i've seen because they are all, almost everyone seems to be out to prove themselves or prove some level about themselves. Uh, it's not that they want it because they want it. They want it uh, after you take away all these different layers. Because deep down, they're, they're afraid. Deep down, they're afraid of, that they're not good enough. Deep down, they're afraid that they don't deserve intimacy. And so they, so they go for intensity instead. Um, you know, they're afraid that they're, they're, not, they're, they're not someone who should be loved. They're, they're afraid that... They can't trust themselves. And so they have to develop a, a, such a high level of certainty around their situation so they don't have to trust themselves. Mm. There's a coping mechanisms uh, based on a belief that deep down inside, many, of, many, 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 many of them have no idea is even there. Um, and all, but the way you spot it is, is how they behave uh, and what's really driving them. Uh, very often, the, the key thing is, are they creating, personally creating the situation that they're afraid of? That's, that's one way that I find uh, what it is. Because if they're afraid of being, um, if they're afraid of failure, then they'll usually avoid acts where they could fail. If they're afraid of being um, abandoned, then they'll avoid putting themselves out there and being seen. Well, they'll put themselves out there, but they won't allow them their personality, their, their true self to shine through. Um, they'll, they'll hold back a bit. Uh, just like people do in relationships. They'll, they'll, they'll create a level of distance because they're afraid the person will leave them. Very often the person leaves because there's a distance. Um, that's what happens. When you're driven by fear and doubt and shame, then you tend to create the thing you fear. Powerful stuff. Just finishing the, finishing the interview on a really happy note. Pa powerful stuff that I'm sure will, if people are honest, resonate. The vast majority of you, small percentage that are psychopaths, it won't, but the vast majority of you listening or watching, uh, will re it's got to resonate on some level with you. And in that regard, um, check out the links below this video or the speaker symbol on the podcast channel and there will be links to chrissy's social medias and websites and whatnot if you are a six-figure entrepreneur then you may feel that the time is right to get in contact with him for coaching to take things to the next step if you're not yet that six figure, don't sit there thinking that discriminates against me because as he mentioned earlier, he's putting something together for those people who are on the path to get to that level. Uh, yeah. So it'll still be worth you going to his website and, you know, firing off an email or signing up. I give a massive uh, stuff away for free um, uh, online. So I've got all kinds of freebies and free guides and all kinds of stuff. So, oh, well, um, I mean, get checking get get looking use them take action and before you know it you could be if it's what you truly want that is you That's could it. be a six-figure entrepreneur and then 
contacting Chris and going, look, now I want to deal with you. Now I want to be a seven-figure entrepreneur. Yeah. Brilliant. That's that's the people I like. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, viewers and listeners. Please, as usual, uh, especially if this... Most people get this on one of the audio podcast channels. If, if, if you do us a favour, if you enjoyed it, please share the link around with people. You know, the more that hear it, the more it helps everyone. Thanks a lot, Chris. Take care. Thank you.